I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guest is Robbie Kelman-Baxter, a best-selling author, speaker, and consultant with more than 20 years of experience providing strategic business advice to major organizations, including Netflix, The Wall Street Journal, and Electronic Arts. In the past 10 years, her company, Peninsula Strategies, has advised over 100 organizations on subscription and growth strategy. Her first book, The Membership Economy, was an international bestseller. Her new book, The Forever Transaction, was released in April 2020. It has been described as a true game changer taking readers through every step of the subscription business process from initial startup or testing of a new model to scaling the operation for long-term growth and sustainability and to revamping your culture so that everyone works together to optimize customer lifetime value. Welcome, Robbie. Oh, thanks for having me, Mary. It's good to be back. (laughs) Always a treat. What makes the forever transaction different from your first book, The Membership Economy? Well, you know, Mary, I wrote The Membership Economy. Well, it came out five years ago. I wrote it six years ago. And I wrote it because I was frustrated that other people weren't seeing what I was seeing. That there was a new way of thinking about membership, about thinking about long-term relationships with the people you serve, that it could use principles like subscription pricing, freemium, some people get it for free, some people pay, uh, digital community, and you could bundle all that up and build a forever transaction with your customers, which led to greater predictability of revenue greater uh, ability to iterate and evolve and stay relevant to today's members and tomorrow's members, and that it was just better business for almost everyone. And nobody else seemed to be seeing what I was seeing. So I I wrote Membership Economy as a one pound business card to say, this is my point of view. This is the world that I see. And this is what I hope I can help you do for your business. And if you like it, come talk to me. And, you know, five years later, I don't have to do that anymore. Everybody understands the power of subscription. Everybody's familiar with Spotify and Amazon Prime and LinkedIn. And every association is trying to build this kind of ongoing digital relationship to complement the physical connections that they already have. And the challenges are how do you do it? How do you actually start something? What does the experiment look like? How do you scale it once you've figured out something? And then how do you maintain your leadership position in the long term? And so that's really what this new book is about is, you know, if membership economy was, this is it, and it's great, and here's why, this one is, and here's how to do it. I love that. And another thing I love about your work and your message and and why I think this is important for associations to be thinking about this is it puts relationships before transactions. That that everything that you're talking about is about building long-term connection and long-term relationships. And that's really at the heart of associations. So tell us a little more about that piece of your work. Yeah, well, it's, first of all, it's really interesting. You know, I live in in Silicon Valley in California, and many of my clients early on were tech companies. And it's only in the last decade or so that I've really done a lot of work with associations. And something that's 
fascinating to me is that the two groups have the exact opposite problems. They're building the same kind of model, um, but the challenges in the SaaS world are around retention and engagement. They're really, really good at acquisition and short-term goals. Um, but what they're not as good at is how do you onboard a new member? How do you engage them? And how do you build a relationship that makes them stay? And associations are fantastic at retention. They're great at engagement. If you ask any person who works in an association, tell me your best member, they give you a name. Like that is not metaphorical for them. That is not abstract. That is, you know, Susan out in Texas or, you know, they know, they know their members. And the challenge is, I think, staying relevant for tomorrow's members. Um, it's like, I think about, you know, you look with your microscope, but you also need to look with your telescope out on the horizon of what other options does your member have? Um, what could interfere with the relationship? And also, what do tomorrow's members see when they look on the horizon? And how do you look compared to everything else that they're seeing in the distance? So a microscope and a telescope, what a great analogy and a great way to be thinking about the work that we're doing today and the work, the anticipatory work that we need to be doing tomorrow. What advice would you have for associations who would like to adopt your counsel and move to a subscription model, but they don't have the robust technology framework that they might need to do it? Okay, so first of all, this, as, as you brought up, this is mostly about the mindset and the relationships. So technology is a tool. It is something that helps you build the infrastructure to support the relationship. So the first thing I would say to anybody that's thinking about, and I have a lot of organizations I work with that have solopreneurs, one person building a membership around their own expertise. So if Alan Weiss or John Lee Dumas or you know any of the thousands of subject matter experts can do this by themselves, an association should be able to do it as well. Five years later, there are tons of uh, technology platforms and vendors who are experts in the space, low price, free tools. Um, so technology should not be a gating factor. And you asked for advice. I would say take a step back and go back to your forever promise to your members. For example, in a lot of associations, it is to help professionals in our profession thrive in their careers. That is the forever promise. We will help you thrive in your career. And the way that these associations help you to thrive in your career has historically been through conferences, through trainings, through uh, you know, reports that we create. Those are packaging, those are hows. The promise stays constant, but how you package that value can change over time. And this digital piece is just one way of packaging value. So you want to think about how, if I were starting today and I had the resources I had today, how would I be delivering on my promise? And it might be really different than what you're doing because you're still doing it based on what was available when you launched. It's very encouraging to know that even a small team can move to a model like this, that, that you don't have to have unlimited resources, you don't have to have unlimited staffing, but that it really starts with understanding what your promise is as you mentioned that, and, and every association needs to be going back to their promise continually and using that as a touch point for the work that they do. Uh, you know, certainly the world has been upended due to the coronavirus, but your message, I think, is even more important now. 
And I think you've already touched on why, uh, and that's going back to the promise and making sure that the promise is important. But associations now have double challenges, I think. We're, we're trying to pivot many of our benefits. We're trying to remain relevant. We're trying to do this under duress in some cases. Yeah. And, and in order to get my eye from the microscope to the telescope, what, what do I need to be thinking about with so much going on simultaneously? Yeah. So you need a North Star. And what I have seen, first of all, there's a lot of chaos right now. There's a lot of not knowing, but not everything is bad. A lot of associations are finding that this is actually a moment where their longtime members because they're forced to, are moving to digital. So one of the big opportunities right now is there's a a lot of organizations, a lot of associations have been offering digital training, uh, digital webinars, digital community, uh, chat, all kinds of functionality to build, you know, the promise that they they have, uh, connection, network, education, inspiration, uh, security, all the things that they offer, but the members are refusing the new packaging. They're saying, you know, it's too hard for me to learn. I don't really understand. I don't like digital. I like in person. Well, guess what? Now they have to. So one thing that's happening is we're seeing an uptick in members using the services they're entitled to. One of the things I talk about a lot is that you should always be onboarding for customer success. When somebody joins, you should be encouraging them and teaching them how to use the full range of services you offer. Now they're actually using a lot of those services. So they're getting more value. So that's great. Another opportunity is maybe this is an opportunity where people who have resisted joining are really struggling right now with their careers and with questions. And so they're looking for answers. And so this might be a moment where you have an opportunity for acquisition, where people who've either never considered you before or who've checked you out in the past and checked you off their list as not relevant might be saying, you know, I'm going to come back and give them another chance. So In terms of limited resources, where would I focus? First, I would focus on making sure existing members are getting as much value as is possible and iterating and adding new features if you can on that front. Then looking at tomorrow's members and seeing what you can offer them to engage them, to build trial, if you have a freemium option, to bring them into the fold and show them that you're relevant. And then, of course, something that I think associations do more organically than many organizations is to think about what your role is in the larger community. One of the things that I like about what you said is there may be an opportunity to actually reach new members or yeah. uh, members that, that you've had in the past, but potentially could re-engage. I'm hearing from a lot of the uh, organizations that I work with, they're, they're surprised, but they're actually yeah. picking up members because members are looking for a resource for information, for data, for help. And as you noted, that's really what associations are about, is helping you thrive in your career. And so if we double down on that, we likely will make it through these tough times. Exactly. And, you know, I think the the risk of any successful organization, and I think this is an issue for a lot of associations that have been successful for a long time, is that you kind of fall in love with your products, right? Like we do a conference, that's our best product, that's what we do. And you sort of forget like, no, you're not in the conference business, you're in the helping people with their careers business. And 
what's great is that now you have all these prospects coming to you and saying, hey, I heard you're in the helping people with their careers business. I really need help with my career. Can you help me? So the challenge for association executives is to really put themselves in the shoes of not just their members, but of their prospects and their lapsed members and say, how can I help them? What is, what is on their mind? What is hard right now? And how can I provide the most value? Because, you know, I've heard some associations say, well, you know, people are canceling because money's tight. Well, guess what? When money's tight, you cancel things that are non-essential. And an organization that can make sure that you stay working and keep your income, that is essential. That is essential. And if people are leaving, what they're really saying is not, I can't afford it, although that may be the case if they've already lost their job. But for the most part, what they're saying is, I can better spend my money and my time somewhere else. You are not valuable to me. And so think about what would make you valuable. And back to your point about technology, you don't need a new tech system to convey this. You could just, you know, say, call us, ask us your questions. You could be doing matchmaking. You could be um, using third-party systems like Zoom or BlueJean and saying, look, we're going to just have a call. And if you have a problem or a question, we're just going to talk about it and I'm going to facilitate. Whatever. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be effective. I heard you mention the word experimenting earlier. And, yeah. and that leads me to believe that the path is not always certain. And so as an association starts down this journey, they may lack clarity from the get-go. So they may need to put some offers together, a, a member journey together, yeah. and then test that and experiment that, experiment with that. So can you tell us a little bit about what that might look like for an organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, th this new book, Forever Transaction, I divided it into three parts. And the first part is called Launch. And it's all about whether you're an entrepreneur, meaning you're starting something from scratch, or you're an intrapreneur, meaning that you were tasked inside your larger and successful organization to go figure something new out. Either case, here's what you do step by step. Here's how you build support from leadership and get the resources you need. Here's how you figure out what your forever promise is. Here's how you figure out who your best member is that you're going to optimize around. So that's a really important point. You know, sometimes associations try to be all things to all people, especially if they've been around for 40 years. And so they have this huge range of members who have really different needs and come from different kinds of organizations and different stages in their careers. You want to say, okay, if we're going to create a subscription offering, a membership model that is paid on a subscription basis, who are we optimizing it for? And start narrow. And then as you layer in value to justify new groups, you can bring in those groups and market to them. But that launch phase with that early group of people, you want to have you know, a clear, narrow focus and then build a minimum viable product. What's the smallest thing you can do that people would pay for? And just nail it. And from there... You can continue, as you said, to tinker with it until, you know, until you've got it just how you like it, and then you can start scaling. But that early phase, you're not going to get it right the first time. I guarantee it. Nobody does. And do you end up with defined offerings for different market segments or that initial offering that you experiment with and you, you finally nail it? 
Yeah. Are you building on that to bring more groups in? So is, is it yeah. a single offering or is it multiple offerings segmented for the membership? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great question, Mary. And different organizations answer it differently. Amazon Prime, as, a, as an example, you know, in the tech world, they have one offer, right? It's Prime. And, but, but here's the interesting thing. When they first started, it was only for people who the only benefit they had was two-day free shipping. So the only people that were that, that was really relevant for were people who bought enough that they could were confident they could get to that $89 shipping mark in a year. So that's actually a pretty small subset of the overall Amazon customer base. But then they layered in all kinds of other value, right? They have um, Amazon, the the movies and video content, they have storage, they have audio, they have Kindle Unlimited. And suddenly there's enough value in there that different groups are like, oh, well, now it's interesting to me. Well, now it's interesting to me. Oh, now it's interesting to us. And bit by bit, they attract more people, but it's that same offer. We all have the same offer. We just use it differently. That is in contrast, let's say, with like uh, SurveyMonkey that has, they found that we have actual different benefits for different groups. The way that a student or a consumer might use this is really different than the way a professional market researcher might use it, which is really different than the way an enterprise organization would use it, where they might need a dashboard, they might need a high level of support, they might need professional services around the software. So that actually has variable costs and would require different audiences. So, you know, to summarize, the advice I would give anybody that's thinking about this is start with one offer and layer in value and try to keep to the one offer and only add another layer of value with a different pricing model if you can't come up with any way to make it work. It's very, very tempting to have, you know, new members, longtime members, members who come to the conference, members who get the mailings, members who, you know, get the, you know, the professional services, members who sign up to be part of the re research team, you know, and suddenly it's a mess. And the more complicated your pricing, the less your members are able to just relax and trust that you're going to tell them the right thing to do. And then we get back to the trying to be all things to all people ends up being nothing to anyone, which we know is true uh, about associations. So, you know, two of the benefits for associations are obviously predictable income and the connection with members. Let's look at it from the standpoint of members, though. How do they benefit? Okay. So first of all, I love that question. I love that question. Every association should be able to say, for members like this, and then they should fill in their best member description, or say like Karen or like John or whatever, for members like this, the membership option is the best possible value. You know, uh, Jean Bliss has this book called Would You Do That to Your Mother? It's like the best <laughs> title ever. <laughs> right? You want to say, would you tell your mother to join your membership? Or would you say, no, you don't want to join because... The reason it's so expensive is because you get three conferences and you're never going to go to the conference because you live 3,000 miles away, right? Think about that. Would you advise somebody you loved and cared about to take your membership? So that's the first thing. And on the member side, there's tremendous value when a membership is done right. It means I don't have to worry about this thing. You know, I don't have to worry about solving this problem. To use the association example, a conference is one tool that helps me have a successful career, but it's not a promise that I will have a successful career. And so if they say, look, we know, we've seen lots of other professionals, we're going to take you step-by-step step through your career and give you what you need, whether that's mentors, 
expertise, training, support, emotional connection. We're going to give you what you need, legal advice. We're going to give you what you need to thrive. And one of those things happens to be a conference. That's great value for me. That means, okay, I just, I can just trust that this association is going to help me with that one important goal. And so I don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's the value. Same thing with Netflix, right? I don't have, you know, maybe that worry is a little smaller. Like, I don't know, what's a bigger worry you're like, Am I going to have a good career for my life or am I going to always have something to watch on TV? Uh, but Netflix does a great job at making sure I always have something to watch. Some kind of you know, professionally created entertainment delivered with cost certainty in the most efficient way possible. I do not need to look for any other solutions. So what you're really advocating is simplifying. I'm, I'm going to join you. I'm going to subscribe. And then... Mm -hmm you're going to simplify things for me. You're, you're simplifying how I get the information, when I get the information, you're I'm, figuring out I'm, what information that I need. And so you're, the, the assistance comes in the streamlining, the simplification, and the knowing, the, the curating what I need to know to be successful in my work. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about aligning the goals of the organization with the goals of the member. Oh, I love so, that. So, right. So for me as a member, right, I say, okay, this organization, they, I don't, they've simplified it for me. They're going to give me what I need when I need it. They're going to guide me on the path there. It's, you know, back to that. Would you do that to your mother? It's like my kid is running it and they're like, you know, like, um, I did some work with a hospital system and the metaphor we used is it's like having a doctor in the family right? Mm. Those of us who are lucky enough to have a doctor in our family or a nurse, you know, you, you like call you like, I got this thing on my finger. Should I go in? Is it okay? Can you write me a prescription? That's the experience we should all be having with our healthcare providers, right? They should be looking out for our best interest and helping us get the most healthy minutes. That's what we all want, right? The most healthy minutes mm -hmm. um, in our life. And so, but, but of course, medical professionals are also very transactional, right? They're in the you know, six minute appointments and uh, transactions, right? Uh, procedures, they call it, as opposed to I'm in the business of keeping you healthy. Got it. So as we wrap up, what two messages would you like uh, listeners to walk away with? I think message number one should be that you can take a step back right now and reorient yourself around your forever promise to your members, and then take a fresh look at what you're actually doing and where the discrepancies are. Where are you offering something that is not the best way to deliver on that value? And where are the gaps, especially right now in this, you know, spring of 2020 coronavirus pandemic, you have a moment to, you know, Change, you know, to help your members because they need you to bring in new members as well. So use that moment wisely. Um, and then I think the other thing to keep in mind is that consumers are increasingly sophisticated about subscription and about membership. And so if the way you offer it isn't in their best interest, they're going to understand that and they're going to speak up. Thank you, Robbie. It is always a joy to talk with you. I'm so happy to be able to recommend the forever transaction. I'm Mary Byers. Thank you for listening to Successful Associations today. 